Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to keep watching this. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. <laughs> you can never stick the landing when I throw it to you. No, I joke. Well, I took this deep breath because so I listened to some old episodes and for a little while there we were like working really hard on our intros and we I would like come out and do this like really professional like public speaking introduction. Like yeah. here's my PowerPoint slide. Let me explain what we're doing in today's session on the podcast. <laughs> and so when you toss to me, I have this moment where I'm like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> do you though? And then, no, then I don't do it. Oh, Aw. That's all right. And this week, we <laughs> have that. There you go. That's a good luck, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a tone of voice that says, I'm a podcast host, <laughs> and I'm confident about what I've prepared for you tonight. And this week, we are talking about two shows that have names in the title. Whoa! That's all I got. <laughs> well done. And this week, we are talking about two shows, one of which gave us feelings, the other of which did not. And this week, we're talking about heroes who have failed us. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Yep. So for real. For real, though. <laughs> this week, we are talking about the return of Jane the Virgin. Yes. The long-awaited return. The long-awaited return for the final season. And then we're going to talk about a random show. Not that random for this podcast. It's kind of random. <sighs> um, And that... <laughs> That is the show Abby's. Yes. And the name, for some reason, trips me up every time. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. No. There's no way to really, like, work it into a sentence like a proper noun. At least not in a way that refers to a TV show. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, We'll get to that. We will. (laughs) But as we were prepping for this over the last couple weeks, Kelsey kept being like, don't forget about Abby's. And I was like, Abby's what? Yeah. Yeah. This has been our ongoing bit. (laughs) She had to remind me like 17 times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, so Jane the Virgin. A thing that no one had to remind me about. No, but a thing that certainly happened to us in a traumatic way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it should be said... That we're talking about the whole thing, so spoilers. 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 <laughs> if you don't want spoilers, just don't. Yeah. So, how do you want to kick this off? Uh. <laughs> oh, you were, you were gonna take my lead. Well, okay. So- I forgot we just had this conversation. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the dick who's like, sure, I'll drive this conversation and then throw to you on well, the no, spot. No, it's fine. I'll ask you a question and you can jump off and then it'll be like we work off of each other. Okay. As if this is a situation where we have chemistry. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So how did you feel at the end of last season and how have you felt going into this season? So not... Following this episode, but going into it. Going into it, yeah. Let's, like, let's set the stage for what we're walking into. Okay, okay. So... Especially knowing it's the last season. Yeah. So the end of last season, the biggest plot twist was that Michael was alive. And I lost my damn mind for a while. And I had a lot of feelings of, like, maybe betrayal... But at the same time, confidence in, like, what they were doing with the show. But I had a lot of complicated feelings about, like, 
what they put us through. <laughs> yes. And how horrifying it was and how, like, painful it was. And then for them to just be like, just kidding, was a little odd. And yeah. almost, like, one step too far for what they've normally done. But I never thought that they... I was never not confident in what they were going to do with this season. So I kind of, like, I honestly would forget about it for, like, because this was so long. It was almost, it was, like, longer than a normal season break. And so I forgot about it for a while, and then I'd be like, oh, yeah, Michael's alive. Shit. And then I remember it, and then I forget. And that's pretty much how it went. And going into this, I was, like, nervous about how they were going to play it. I think what I didn't want it to be in, like, who the fuck knows, I didn't want it to be, like, the twin theory. Yep. That one was really stressful for me, but I felt pretty confident they were going to go the amnesia route, which I think I talked about when we did our bind-off, too. Yeah, we've done some amount of other Jane the Virgin content, Yeah, if you look back. Yeah, so I was curious how that was going to go, but I, beyond the Michael thing... I was, like, I'm still not into Jane and Raph as a couple. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been a little tainted by, like, Justin Baldoni as a person. <laughs> Which I, we've also I will admit about. that... Yeah. <laughs> like, he just kind of, like, wigs me out a little bit in, like, the way that, like, Christian-adjacent people can be sometimes. <laughs> Uh, and I don't, they just, like, don't work for me. They, I don't know. So, that was the other thing. Like, I was never really hot on that, um, particular coupling anyway, so I didn't care that much about where that was going. Yeah. I, so I feel like I fall in a funny spot in terms of fans because, like, there are people who are really invested in like Jane and Michael and there are people who are really invested in Jane and Raphael. Mm-hmm. And so like, like you were never into Jane and Raphael. I have another friend who watches the show who has never been interested in Michael. She has only wanted Jane to be with Raphael this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and had like an extremely strong reaction to Michael coming back because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if anything, I kind of sit in the middle and not because yeah. I actually really want Jane to be with Raphael, um, but only because I feel like her being with Raphael was such a sign of, like, her coming through the other end of, you know, three years of grieving Michael. Yeah. Like. No, I think, like, symbolically it works. Yes. It has very little to do with, like, her and Raphael's destiny. Yeah. And a lot to do with her and me just wanting Jane to be happy. I mean, I half expect this show to end with her not being with either of them. Mm. I, she's definitely not going to end up with Raphael. No. And There's no way. So there's that scene where the narrator, like, she, she and Raphael are having drama. And then Raphael says, we'll get through this. And then he, like, grabs her and kisses her under a tree. And a single mm-hmm. petal falls. Yeah. Which is a callback. Yeah. Uh, to another scene where they got me and, like, <laughs> sneakily made me care about Jane and Raphael for a minute. They did. That was such a good moment. Um, But only one petal fell this time, which was fucked mm-hmm. up. And the narrator <laughs> comes on. And says something about how that's a story that they told themselves, which is a callback to another thing in the episode. And when the narrator mm-hmm. said that, it was, like, so gut-wrenching because it's, like, there's just so much going on. Yeah. And, like, ugh. They're just, they're going for the feels. It's, like, I don't even have to want Jane and Raph to be together. It still hits you in the feels to think about what it's going to mean for them to break up again. It, like... The factor that, like, gets to me the most about that is the Mateo factor. Yeah. And her being like, I don't know what to tell him. Yep. (laughs) 
because Michael's not his dad dad, but he was, like, a dad figure for a time that he doesn't remember, and, like, that's When they messy. talk about Michael, and, like, at the beginning of this episode, they show them taking Mateo to Michael's grave. Mm-hmm. To do the Day of the Dead thing. Yeah, can we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... So I missed this the night it aired, and you watched it that night, Mm -hmm. and all you said was, it's devastating, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, God. And, like, I still wasn't sure, like, how I was going to take it. I felt like I was prepared, and (laughs) (laughs) so I got up early in the morning, and I turned it on, and the first scene is them going to the, his grave, like, over the course of several years in flashbacks. Mm -hmm. The first scene, like, within 30 seconds of it starting, and I was like, hysterically cry (laughs) and i was like oh it was so alarming anyone who has listened to the show for a while knows that i'm dead inside and that i have no emotions ever and well false you have no (laughs) emotions as it relates to content okay television does not evoke emotions Mm -hmm. how is that um and this episode got me misty-eyed no less than six times I can't believe you only got misty-eyed. I can't believe I got misty-eyed. Give me some credit. Kirsty, my face was, like, puffy all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to work after that. I mean, so I was watching it in bed, and I, like, it was like I was 13 again. I had my phone, like, between my nightstand and my bed frame because I was trying to keep the light from waking up my husband. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, if probably if I'd been in a different setting... There were, like, Mm -hmm. two times in particular where, like, I probably could have actually achieved crying. Yeah. But I was, like, really practicing restraint because it wasn't quite the right setting Mm -hmm. for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus I was home alone and I could (laughs) just have whatever reaction I was going to have, apparently. (laughs) But the episode ended and there's, like, I mean, the thing that the show does really well is, like, not just convey the character's feelings, but, like actually make you feel them yes and so the episode ended and there was like such a swirling mix of general confusion yes because of the particular strange cocktail of emotion Mm-hmm. because there's just so much happening and so many people impacted and it's just a lot to take in i think they do a very good job to your point of making you feel like it's just as much of, like, a weight of <laughs> just emotion yeah. as they do. Like, you're just as conflicted and confused and, like, you're not happy, but you're not Well, because it's like, he's back, <laughs> and so in some ways that's, like, the answer to Jane's prayers, but also he's back, and that's super fucked up, and also... Him being back means stuff for other people and like yep. uh, uh, Yeah. And it was gross. So that's like what it what was devastating to me is that there's just so much and like none of it's good for anyone and all of these people are hurting and you like can't yeah. undo it, but it's also maybe the right thing to do and like ah uh, So the TLDR for people who don't watch <laughs> Is that Michael is back from the dead. He's now Jason and he has amnesia because of... (laughs) This is hard to explain. (laughs) They did like electroshock therapy to make it The evil crime lord gave him amnesia. And uh, it's basically the whole episode is like them being like, what do we do with this person who doesn't remember us but isn't dead after all? Because they're kind of like, we should try to get his memory back. But it, like, might not be possible. But then also, Jane is now, like, having feelings. Well, because she's still technically married. Right. So then there's that. But he doesn't remember her, and he's a completely different person now. Yeah. I said this to you on Slack, but it's really funny watching this at this exact moment, because I've been watching Mm -hmm. a lot of Everwood. (laughs) Tell me about that. This is the Everwood podcast within a podcast. Um, yes. So this I'm in season treat. one still, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm, like, deep into the stretch after Colin has come out of his coma. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a teenage boy. He was in a drunk driving accident. He went into a coma. The white hero doctor brought him out of his coma. Yes. He's dating the lead female character. Yes. This is Everwood. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's like a stretch of four episodes in particular right after Colin has gone back to school mm-hmm. where everyone talks a lot about how like Colin's different now. Um, and there's one episode in particular, Colin the Second. Yeah. I know some of the episode names. Look at you go. I have paid attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where the whole point of it is that he's back at school and everyone keeps telling him what Colin is like. And he doesn't yes. remember being Colin. So, like, he's out in the world and he, like, knows who, like, he is in this moment. But he yeah. doesn't know any of these people, and they're all trying to force these former relationships on him. And anyway, it's this, like, whole exploration between him and Amy, the lead female character, of, like, what it means to have this new person in your life when you had a previous relationship with them. Yep. And, like, Everwood spent so much time with it. Mm-hmm. And this, like, funny thing happened in my brain as I was watching Jane cycle through the beginning of this, where I was yeah. like, I saw this on another show and they talked about this and this and i bet jason's gonna talk about this like jason's gonna start where did i see this it took Mm -hmm. me until the end of the episode to be like everwood as you're saying this i feel like there's a lot of little everwood bits in the show that we might need to oh yeah come back to (laughs) yeah oh shit yeah i just had a thought that i can't talk about um write it down write it down I will. And then will. don't spill I beer will. on it. All right. No promises. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, I'm writing it down. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. 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 That must be... I feel like they're doing, like, the Cliff Notes version of the Everwood plot, so I feel like having the prior knowledge <laughs> helps. Yeah. Well, I think, like... They're still in the part where, like, Jane is taking him to places to try to jog his memory. Yes. They're not at the part yet where something random is going to spark a random memory for him. Or where someone else feeds him a memory and then he just pretends he remembered it. Right. Just to buy himself some time. I do feel like it moved very quickly. Even even though we're only at that stage, like, in the course of the episode from her being like, okay, he's alive. And he's like, okay, we're going to get his memory back. And it's like, that was 12 hours ago. Well, so I almost feel the opposite. Because if we really, if we're going to really buy into this whole Everwood versus Jane the Virgin thing. Okay. We're leaning in here. <laughs> Jane yeah. versus Amy. Yeah. I feel like, and maybe it's just because, like. Colin never oh. died. Yeah. And Michael died. But yeah. Amy was like, you know, Colin wasn't even all the way out of surgery yet, and she was already, like, making plans to bring back his memory. Whereas yeah. Jane, I don't think, was really planning on it until Michael's mother showed up and was like, you're coming to the doctor with us. And then the doctor yes. was like, familiar people will help him out. And then she kind of got, like, guilted into it. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, very reluctant and very hesitant. And the whole time she's, you know, hanging out with him, she's still in the same place that she was, like, 12 hours ago, where she's like, where the fuck did you come from? I don't yeah. know what's happening to me right now. This yeah. is all very confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't emotionally progress during that time. No, it was more like, I couldn't understand, like, if we, it was a pacing issue. mm where, like, I mm-hmm. couldn't, I wasn't totally sure if, like, the mom coming and, like, that whole thing happening was literally supposed to be that soon, or if, like, a few days had passed and we were supposed to accept that. And, like, I think Jane's story was believable yeah. and her reaction was believable. And I also think that Amy's was believable in a different sense because of, like, their stage of life. Yeah. <laughs> and their maturity sure. and um, all of that. But... I think it was, like, a pacing thing for me. There is somewhere in that episode a timestamp that's based all around um, the day that the movers are supposed to come. Oh, you're right. To move you're right. Jane into Raphael's apartment. 
But yep. offhand, I can't remember how much time was supposed to pass. I think it's only like a day or two. Yeah, it's short. Yeah. Um. One thing we haven't talked about, but <laughs> um, but that was just the best was Rohelio's reaction. <laughs> Because I love Brohelios more than anything. And he had, like, he was the most shocked and excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he also thought that Michael would remember everything if he heard him say his name. <laughs> <laughs> and so I loved all of that. And then the day I watched this episode, <laughs> I went to get my hair cut. Oh, boy. And my hairdresser also watches Jane the Virgin. Oh, that's amazing. And so I'm sitting in my chair and he's cutting my hair and he looks in the mirror and he goes, Rogelio de la Vega. (laughs) (laughs) And I lost my damn mind. Did you tip him extra? god (sighs) yeah that is so funny so we have a special bond (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah i mean there's just so much the reaction i like feel like i needed more of was alba's agreed alba's the only one who knows how to deal with this shit and she didn't, like, really get to give any wise words. No. Well, I feel like you see that from both Alba and Zoe, where, like, they are very much just, like, props. Yeah. Because there's nothing they can really do for Jane. I would have paid, like, a million dollars for an Alba and Michael scene, though. We're gonna get one. I guarantee it. <gasps> do you think? There's no way we're not. That's all I want. There's no way we're not. So, like, at this point, in after having seen this first episode, like, how do you want this to go? Or do you not want to make those kinds of... Con- jump to those kinds of conclusions? I don't know that I'm capable of it. Okay. I think, like, I am in a different place with the show than I was last season. Only because... I would not have expected anyone, any show, anything to put me through what the show has at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like you said, it was almost a little bit too far to put us through what they did in terms of, like, following Jane's grief. Yes. And then, and to, like, have us buy in so much. I mean, I don't know if everybody else in this fandom bought in as much as I did. Unclear. <laughs> I, like, you did. And that's why I we did, have for this sure. podcast. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, really affected me. Mm-hmm. And being there watching the rest of the show really affected me. And then for them to go and pull this, I wasn't... It it didn't make me mad. Like there are some people. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> some people. It's my next my next thought. Uh-huh. Um, who have failed us on this topic. Yeah. And I'm not in that camp. No. But it it did sort of put me in this place where I'm going into the season and like the whole bedrock of the narrative at this point has been like ripped out from under us. Yes. And so I think I said this at the end of some season when we did a bind off of the show. Like, I guess at this point, I'm prepared to just sort of like hand my whole heart and soul over to it and be like, here you go. Good luck. (laughs) We're all aboard. We're all aboard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it. I think them doing that is a huge, like, uh, it shows how much confidence they have, so they better, like, do it right. Yeah. And I think that they will. I almost, in a way, hope that you're right and that she doesn't end up with anyone. Like, if we're gonna have the story about, like, the matriarchy, like, that's how I see it playing out. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's all about, like, romance tropes 
and telenovela tropes, but it's also about subverting them. Yeah. And so the ultimate way to subvert a love triangle is to just not do it. Mm. I know for sure they won't put her with a rando because we already had the Adam storyline. Right, right, right. That's done. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think what's hard is like this whole time, all I've wanted is for Jane to be happy. That's Mm -hmm. what the whole show boils down to for me. And at this moment, I don't know what that is. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what would make her happy right now. I don't know either. I think we're supposed to not know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the whole journey of this season, right? Right. Right. I feel like I saw somewhere, I can't remember what the source was, maybe an interview with someone? I don't know. But I saw something somewhere that, like, she does get a happy ending, but that it's, like, not an ending you would expect. Mm. Which, like, oh, I think it was an interview with Justin Baldoni, actually. Ew. Whatever it was, it, like, really tweaked me out, because I was like, this is probably <laughs> promising, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think we're just gonna have to find out. I'm stressed. I'm really stressed. And it's gonna be a short season, too, so. Yeah. I just don't it's... know if this was really a time in my life where I signed up for these kinds of feelings. <laughs> I think you did, though. I think, like... Um, our fave Catherine Van Arendonk talked about this a little bit in her recap of this episode, but I think, like, it's kind of cruel and unusual punishment to allow people who are, like, newly married and also, like, newly having children to watch this show. I know. (laughs) It's tricky. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the hero that failed us? Oh, yes. Um, so... I subscribe to the Pop Culture Happy Hour newsletter, which is normally delightful. And for some reason, this week, Linda Holmes decided that was her platform to dump on Jane the Virgin. It wasn't even just that. Even before the episode aired, she tweeted about it. Yeah. And I have grapes. (laughs) She said that she, she kept saying she really liked the performances and the story right the story as a whole yep but the show was too much for her and she had decided to like get show divorce from it i think she by like story on the whole like she meant sort of like the plot points but not like like i think she was like really focused on like the stuff and not like the overall story arc I think what she was saying is, like, it's she doesn't have qualms with representation, <laughs> but this show is not for her. Yeah. I think that's what she's saying yeah. without saying it. Oh. So she, like, made a lot of, like, bold claims in her uh, article, but the one that broke us <laughs> was when she said that, that by them bringing Michael back... They had given the show zero stakes. No stakes. She said the words, no stakes. This is your pedestal. There were no stakes. We spent three years watching this woman grieve and bringing him back means there's no stakes. You want to go out there and you want to find your dead husband and you want to say bringing him back means that suddenly nothing matters. The whole point of it is that it complete. I had to move away from my mic because I got a little too self-righteous. The whole point of it, though, <laughs> is that is that she was, like, about to move in with Raphael, and they were about to get married, and she was about to officially move on with her life, and she and Raphael and Mateo were officially a family, and, like, she was about to become a full-time writer. And, like, there's just a lot that's predicated on everything going exactly as she planned it in the next Mm -hmm. however long and now suddenly her dead husband's back and it fucks everything up and everyone's relationships are all messed up and i don't understand how emotionally dead you have to be inside and how little (laughs) you have to care about this stupid show to look at that and be like oh nothing matters now because i guess you can just do whatever the fuck you want it's not game of thrones it's not like they just turned the dragon into ice and now it can melt the fucking wall Wow. <laughs> wow, wow. 
when you could suddenly teleport from King's Landing to beyond the wall wearing North Face. This is not the same as that. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. Ugh. Yeah. Hey, Linda, you burnt. <laughs> you burnt. You canceled. 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 She's not yeah. canceled. I'm still going to follow her on Twitter. Uh, it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like, take so much issue with that because I feel like it's such a fundamental misunderstanding of what they're trying to do with this thing that they've done to us. And I know I mentioned this to you, but, like, she's also not, just, like, blatantly not acknowledging the format that they're trying to both use and, like, subvert at the same time. Right, right. She, like, tries to, like, throw a nod to it at one point, but... It doesn't work. No, and I think what... I feel like what she's saying when she says, like, the story doesn't work for her is, like, she doesn't like the evil crime lord, and she doesn't like the like, more fantastical elements of the plot. Yeah. But if anyone understands how, like, narrative devices work, like, that's not... The point of all of those, like, fantastical things were never the things in and of themselves. No. And the show is, like, extremely good at actually making that very clear to the audience. Right. It's not really... That's why they have a narrator. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. It was it's bad. It was just like you said. Like that newsletter is a weird place for it. And yeah, I was just frustrated that she chose this moment to dump on this thing. It felt like she was actively trying to yuck everyone's yum. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, and like. I felt like it was very transparent that her beef is like, when I don't like Michael. Yeah. Yeah, she's a Raphael girl. Yeah. Yeah, she did like a throwaway line at the end where she was basically like, I mean, I don't have to like it, you can like it. And that almost made it worse to me because it was like, then why did you write the fucking newsletter? I mean, people could say that about this podcast. No. <laughs> we can't. Because we are not getting no. paid by NPR to have these bullshit opinions that we have no, right. every single week. You're right. <laughs> we don't have a platform. <laughs> it's completely different. Well, no. Like... <laughs> you're right. You're right. What were you going to say? I was, <laughs> I was going to say that people don't elect to subscribe to this content, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> so never mind. I like the headcanon, though, where this podcast is some sort of, like, dictatorship. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know what's funny about it? What? I actually know what you mean. I know you? what you I knew what you were getting at. <laughs> like people I don't, don't know. seek us out for the sageness yeah. of our wisdom. No, you're right. You know, like we are not a knowledge base that when like people encounter pop culture they're like, "Oh, I wonder what these two fuckos think." <laughs> but like well, and she Our is. premise is also not half, like, what's making us happy this week? Yeah. Yeah. Ex yeah. Like, the pop culture happy hour vibe is usually, like, meh, if not positive. <laughs> right? Like, they don't tend to go full, like, they never really attack people's favorites, especially if they're critical favorites. Unless right. it was the that movie that won the Oscars this year, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they try... I don't know. I feel like they end up having a more balanced group than yes. maybe Linda on her own. Yeah. Yeah, like, if they wanted to write about Jane, like, maybe they should have found someone who did actually like it. Or someone who could just deliver a critique that wasn't based around their, like, fan fiction. Yeah. 
Fair. Very fair. <laughs> there was someone else. Was it one of the Margarets? Like, Margaret Lyons, maybe? Or Emily Nussbaum? I don't know. Someone else. No, Emily Nussbaum loves Jane the Virgin. Okay. Maybe it was Margaret Lyons. Maybe it was none of them. But there was some other, like, person that we follow on Twitter who got show divorced when mm. Michael came back. And it was an That outrage. sounds like a Margaret Lyons move. It does. It might have been her. <laughs> it was someone else. And they got show divorced from Jane. And I was like, it is so rare that I genuinely feel like when one of these people makes a declaration like this, that they are purely wrong and that I genuinely know more than them. <laughs> but right now, I feel extraordinarily confident in saying that we at this show are far more qualified than they are. Wow. On this singular matter. Wow, wow, wow. Just this one. Just the one? Just Based the one. on the volume of our of our tears. <laughs> yes. Based on the number of hours I spent crying. Yeah. Because when Michael died, it literally took about four hours of my life. Oh, yeah. Of just, like, ugly sobbing on my living room floor at 2 a.m. And then sometimes also at 6 p.m. on weekdays. And then also (laughs) sometimes just randomly in my car. Yep. Yep. The show is definitely in, like, my canon of shows that will make me ugly cry the second, like, I know what episode to watch. Yes. I have, I was so stoked when I was watching this through the first time when I was getting close to Michael dying. I was so ready to do a rewatch. I was like, I'm going to finish the season, and then I'm going to turn right around and do the Parks and Rec thing where I just hit play on the pilot, and we're just going to go right back through. I have not been able to start watching it again. Because I, I know either. that this is coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared to do it a second time. Yeah. Like, Although, depending it... on how this, like, plays out, I don't know. But based on, like, I wasn't expecting to have the reaction I had knowing that he was alive, but it actually didn't make a difference. It was still yeah. <laughs> terrible. I, I think at this point I have to wait for the season to end because I think I need to know what I'm working towards before I can mm-hmm. put myself through it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, really good show, okay? It's a good show. Should we move on to something that I'm just real undecided about? Yeah, let's talk about something completely different. <laughs> yes. So Abby's is a show that got announced, like, a year ago? Uh, and it was... Like, an early pickup, because it's a Mike Schur show on NBC, so, like, he is a a god over there, and rightly so. Yep. So, I was very excited. It also has a writer from... I don't remember. The the person who made it is not Mike Schur. Mike Schur's, like, an executive producer, but the main guy who made it is from, I want to say, Parks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I may be wrong. I know, I think New Girl was on there, too. Yeah. Josh Malmuth, where are you from? New Girl and Superstore. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. It was not Parks. It yeah. was <laughs> nice content, yeah. though. Things that I like, so I was excited about it. And the Mike Sure like, blessing helps a lot. Um, and I know he's been, like, involved in it and not just, like, slapping his name on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Outlander. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> man, I can taste the salt from over here. Uh, so Abby's is about, uh, basically a chick who runs a bar in her backyard illegally. Yes. And it's, like, clearly a take on Cheers. And it's the, like, it. it's doing a thing where... Um, it's trying to bring some elements of, like, older, uh, like, um, not, not single cam, the opposite of single cam, (laughs) triple cam. (laughs) Yep. Um, like, older sitcoms are, like, elements of those back in, so they're shooting it in front of a live studio audience outside. Which they're so excited about. 
They're so excited about it. Uh, there's definitely a laugh track. Well, the audience laugh track. Um, it's very contained in mm-hmm. the backyard space. Uh, it seemed to have, like, it was very piloty. Like, you could see the archetypes <laughs> all, like, sitting there along the bar. Um, and so far it seems to be in the canon of niceness. But it also had, like, very little going on. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a pilot. Like, if we just want to talk about pilots in general. It's yeah. a pilot that I feel like if I watched it and then went on to binge watch, like, ten more episodes, yeah. I would get it. Yeah. But as just a pilot, I was like, eh, I watched it. Yeah, I had a lukewarm reaction as well. I, like, it felt like things that I had seen before, even though I hadn't seen this show before, obviously. Like, nothing felt that new and fresh, and it felt like it was dancing on the edge of being, like, ABC sitcom Mm -hmm. and being NBC sitcom, which, like, there's a little bit of a difference there. Yep. Like... The mom sitting there and being like, oh, I hate my kids. I can see their window from this bar, though, so I'll see if the house is on fire. Ha ha ha. I was like, ugh. Yeah, that's cute. Like, I just wasn't sure if that was what I wanted. Right. Um, I had no real, like, gripes with the casting. Tell me Everything why. was, everything was fine. Um... I didn't find anyone unlikable. Mm. The guy who's the landlord has been in, like, he was a new girl for a while, and I feel like he's a type. Yes, he is a type. For sure. He's a girl who only does one. Yeah. Um, but my main concern with this show overall is, like, because it's so contained, like, this outdoor studio audience is, like, in the backyard and that is it. Um, like, how much variety they're going to be able to generate, like, I just think they're going to run out of story. And maybe they won't, and that's great. Yeah, I mean, the things that they set up were, like, she's Latina and a veteran and bisexual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the landlord is divorced. And then I imagine that everybody else will, like, have their own stuff in time. So I feel like they gave themselves some, like, stuff to play with. Yeah. But I don't see, other than that, what they plan to do. Right? And I also want to know what happens if it rains. I was, I started reading this article (laughs) that I ended up closing out of, but it opened with a quote that I think was, like, a producer or someone saying, we've got a plane! Because they film outside, and so if there's any noise in the environment, oh God. you have to shut down. Oh my god. I think it's cl- it's like a fun little gimmick. I just like, I'll not give sure them that. what... I feel like it's it's a thing that when they pitched it in a meeting, everyone was like, wow, that's, a, that's just a great idea. That's so yep. fresh. That's yep. so new. Yep. But yep. in practice, I don't know what I what it adds. I don't know either, besides, like, genuinely having that space be outside. Right. But Which, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it could be outside without the studio audience. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, they, like, every time they come back from commercial, they, like, pan over the outdoor yeah. studio audience. Like, they're so proud of having a studio audience. Yeah. And that's just not a sitcom tradition that I have ever been excited about yeah i don't think there's a single sitcom where like i really felt like i needed that studio audience no i'm like very curious about what mike sure is doing here because i feel like all his other endeavors have been like trying to do something different with the format Mm -hmm. maybe the exception being brooklyn 99 but like 
I'm curious what he's doing here and what if like more will unfold. Like I'm gonna keep watching for a little bit. Yeah. Cause I just don't know if it's like something that you just need to let grow on you. Right. Yeah, I mean they're really forceful with the tropes. Mm. So to your point, I think they have to be going for something. Mm. Um it just really, 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 really remains to be seen what that yeah. is. It's just hard to watch something like this as a viewer who's been so conditioned to binge watch. Mm-hmm. Cause, and I've complained about this consistently. Yes. But it's, <laughs> it's hard for me to commit to, like, waiting a week to see what they're up to. Yeah. Sometimes, like, the... This, I guess, this way that we consume TV now that actually helps, like, pilots that kind of sucked. Yes. And, like, gives them the benefit of the doubt more than they do if they're actually, like, on air weekly. Right, right, right. But, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, like, not that long ago watched the Cheers pilot. Uh Uh-huh. And so, like, seeing them... Uh, like, in contrast, was interesting. And the Cheers pilot was better. <laughs> yes. I don't doubt um, that. For, sh- for sure. I would assume that, like, a fair number of the higher rating shows pilots would have been better from that era than any pilot right now. Because they had to work harder. Yeah, I just, I think the art of the pilot has been lost mm. a little bit. Wow, that's a thesis for Pilot Palooza. Ooh. The art of the pilot has been lost. Ooh. Tell me more about that. No, don't. We're, <laughs> we're at 54 well, I, minutes. I mean, I think you said it for me. Like, because of the way we consume media now, it has changed yeah. the way people regard pilots. And so it's changed, like... And, I mean, I'm pulling this out as we talk right now. Y'all, I didn't, like, research this. Right. But it's something that, like... I would maybe like to, because I, I do feel like I never watch a pilot anymore and think, like, I, I don't know. Like, every That's time I watch a pilot, is, I wait yeah. for the next episode to play, and then I watch, like, six episodes before I form an opinion. Yeah. Unless it's Downward Dog, in which we knew immediately. <laughs> that was a show where the pilot knew what it was doing. Yeah. That show well, understood who it was right out of the gate. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying that as a good thing. I'm just saying that that show knew. Well, I don't necessarily think that the way shows are made in this culture is a good thing either, because, like, part of it feels like it's a dress rehearsal for a while. Yeah, exactly. And, like, maybe you should figure that shit out before yep. you go to air, and I know, like... Part of it is, like, you can get feedback so fast now, and, like, you can make changes, and that's great, and you can be nimble, but it's also, like, kind of a pain to have to get through the first, like, handful of episodes of any show before it gets good. Yeah, I feel like every show comes to you in the pilot and is like, look, I'm gonna level with you. You're just gonna have to trust me. Here's some characters. We're gonna take the next 30 minutes to teach you their names. And then we come back for episode two and they're like, no, just stay with us. Here's some, here's some plot, maybe. We'll see. We're thinking about it. You know? Yeah. And then it, it, like, they build on that. And then by the end of the season, you're, in some cases, bought in. Yeah. I just, I don't think I want that from every single show. That's the challenge. And then it's hard to be like, which one is worthwhile and which one isn't. Yeah. Well, and then, like, that is what forces me or not forces but that's what like has um i guess incentivized me to be the kind of viewer who lets everyone else around me be a gatekeeper right but then that's bad for ratings and that's like just not how the whole thing works mm-hmm. but then you get the opposite problem where like suddenly everyone's telling me to watch Shit's creek and i can't take the pressure <laughs> we're all gatekeepers and we're telling you to open the gate (laughs) but in 
to your point, I just went back and started season one over again. And I'm, I watched season five, episode five or six today, I don't know. And it is, like, definitely still a little piloty, even in episode five and six. It's like, mm, this isn't, it's not, like, the peak of that show, by any means. No, it, and I think there's some, there are some shows where there is just a tremendous amount of payoff. To having yeah. to do this slow build and having to, like, get to know these characters through a grind the way you would get to know a person. Yeah. Before they, you know, it's almost like you're a lobster boiling in a pot and then suddenly the pot is the plot. <laughs> you see what I did there? I didn't even mean to. I, yeah, I see it. <laughs> and, and then it's just like you're surrounded by plot and now you care about everything, but you never knew that it was happening to you. Is that what happened with Everwood? Actually, That's Everwood definitely... was a goddamn good pilot, so let's Everwood not go did there. it from the fucking pilot, though. That was a good pilot. That was a, a pilot that pilot. came to you and was like, I am a show. I know who I am. And this is what you can expect to feel from me, except you have no idea. I actually maybe want to do a case study where we watch all the WB pilots because I think they're all really strong. Ooh, that's an interesting theory. I don't know if I want to do that to myself, but... <laughs> I, I I mean, I, th- I was thinking about this a lot after this year's Pilot Palooza, which was such a failure. Yeah. Because I was like, can I, can I genuinely watch six pilots without watching episode two or three of any given show and care about them? Or is it unfair because pilots are just sort of inherently a mess? And that was what somewhat inspired my whole thesis statement that, like, maybe we just don't make pilots the way we used to. But the ones that have come through for us have been good pilots. Like, Outlander was a good pilot. Outlander was a good pilot. But it had source material, so it's kind of cheating. Totally cheating. Because I feel like even the Game of Thrones pilot was a good pilot. No. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with that. All right. Fair, fair, fair. I've seen that pilot at least twice. Oh. And I don't think that was a good one. Okay. Although maybe if you care about the source material more, it was. Yeah. The pacing of that show in season one... (laughs) <laughs> was just buck wild and i get that hbo did not give them the budget that they have now and so like you're gonna see that evolution yeah but it's like it's not at all like watching the same show like it makes the continuity really difficult <laughs> for me <laughs> for just for you i feel like that's like the one thing the fan base can agree upon. maybe maybe it's tough is the bottom line it's so tough the hair in particular is embarrassing for every single character did you watch this recently? Um, two years ago, maybe. <laughs> oh, I it really that's, stuck with me though, because the first time I watched it was like many moons ago. Sure, but the second time I watched it was like I think it was right before last season aired, uh, because yeah. my husband was going to try to watch it, and so we watched like most of season one. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> what is this? Yikes. It bad. It is bad. That's fair. It bad. You know what else was a good pilot was The Good Place. That was a good pilot. It was contained. I think, like, a pilot has to be, like, smushed up. Well, yeah, because they, they have to show you, like, they have to give you what they're about to give you for a whole season. Yeah. Like, it's literally the pitch package to the audience. Well, that's why I'm, like, so confused about this Abby's pilot. Yeah. I just don't... I don't know what they're doing. Besides trying to be cheers. Yeah. Yeah. There are things about it I didn't hate, and there were things about it that I didn't love. The jokes felt a little, like dopey to me very dopey and there's like a couple of character archetypes that were like very uncomfortable to me like what um the mom that you mentioned yeah her the whole like neglectful mother deal 
is weird to me. Yeah. Because it's not like it's not like taking the trope of like the overdedicated mother and being funny about it. It's just like it's not cute to be an alcoholic who neglects their children. So there's that. Yeah, it was really like bordering the line of being like, oh, I know someone like that and being like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, ugh, the reality of that is not funny. Yeah. Um, like enough to keep you from suspending your disbelief. Um, and then the the bouncer character. Yeah. There were like multiple things about the treatment of that character in this episode that were uncomfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope I feel like he has some promise. Like he seems like an interest like a funny character, like a funny actor at least. Yeah. So I hope that gets better. Yeah. Um, but there were just some, like, tropey things that felt weird about that character. It felt a little dated. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. I'm probably going to keep watching it for a little while. Yeah, I'll give it a few more. It's the um, DVR I'll set def- for the season, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to read the writing at the end of the season and sort of see what the consensus is. Yeah. I know I read Catherine Van Arendonk's article about this episode and she was like, the stakes have never been lower. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Now this, Linda, yeah. is low stakes. <laughs> this is what we mean when we say no stakes. This right. is why you don't get to just throw that shit around, Linda. <laughs> no stakes. I will no never. Stakes. I will never get over that. I know. I am. I am. That just made my blood pressure spike again. <laughs> I forgot about it. I was very upset for all of ten minutes. I know. No stakes. No stakes. Like. You don't have, here's the thing, you don't have to, like, like the stakes, but that's not the same as there being no stakes. Right. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole in my mind of all of her arguments and why she's wrong. She's wrong. Because she was like, well, if they bring him back, then they can just as easily say it's not actually him. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to waste their last season by double backing on that one over again. No. Anyway. Anyway, if you also think Linda is wrong, (laughs) (laughs) you want to tell us about it, you can contact us at HateWatchWithUs on Twitter or HateWatchWithUs.com. Or you can leave us a five-star review to tell us that we were right about Linda being wrong. (laughs) Um... We are not promoting Charity CrossFit anymore. We found out some weird things about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else? Also, please under no circumstances should you be tagging anyone who we have called out as being wrong. Yeah, no. Just, you can tell us that we're right, but don't tell anyone they're wrong. Yeah. They can be right in their own Twitter feeds. Yeah. Um, we're part of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. You can find them at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, and they have a bunch of great shows. I think there's an interesting interview coming up on Loud Women that I heard about, so you should go check that out if you're a Parks and Rec fan or a Shrill fan. Uh, and I think that's everything, right? I think so. All right. All right. Well, thanks oh, for listening. No, you know, no. You forgot a thing. What? We have a side hustle. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we have another podcast. Our watch has ended. Uh, it is our uh Game of Thrones recap podcast. <laughs> yeah. So if you like the yelling that we did here tonight, hop over to that RSS feed and subscribe. Where I think mostly in some of the places you find podcasts. Yeah, maybe not all of them. Our hosting service sucks. Um, that's not true. Uh, so yeah, subscribe to Our Watch Has Ended. Uh, we have one or two more weeks of old content, but we are working on new content for you, and then there will be new content when the season starts, so get super hype. Get as hype as we are, which is like a two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
depends on your definition of hype, let's say. If your hype is a righteous yeah. rage, then yeah. it might be closer to like a 12. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Uh, bye. Bye. Okay. All right. I'm drinking wine that's like been open for about a week. Yeah. Does it taste and like it? Tastes it tastes a little bit. It tastes different than it did when I first opened it. So it's definitely oxidized. Yeah. I'm not sure it's worse, though. <laughs> it just it was aerated. It's fine. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's like fancy wine science. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very jammy. Very jammy Yum. wine science. Yum. Yum. <laughs>